are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, everyone. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Finding Your Forte, where we excitedly talk to leaders and organizations about their pursuit of purpose. And man, am I excited about our guest today. Um, she and I have wrestled through all kinds of scheduled consequences to both in our commitment to have this conversation, bring it to you today. And so I'm thrilled because they're clear, there's clearly some real goodness uh, to come forth in that conversation. So uh, listeners, you know how we do on the show uh, in terms of welcoming our guests. And I want you to give a really warm to yourself uh, welcome for our guest today, Ms. Tanae Trailer. Tanae, how are you today? I'm good, Reggie. How are you? I feel so good, so good. Now that we're having this conversation, I uh, yes. you know, I I often have this um, experience when I'm in conversation with you. Like, man, this will be this will make a great podcast episode. And so, I'm just hope my goal my goal today is to transfer that energy and bring all of it uh, to this conversation that we can have with awesome. others. So. As I mentioned, I really want to try to explore um, your own pursuit of purpose in the work that you do. Uh, and then specifically, uh, I'd love to talk about some of the work you're doing with Atlanta Wealth Building Initiatives. I've had a, I've had a couple of uh, opportunities to engage you all with professional services, with your board retreats. Um, and there's some really exciting and fascinating work that's happening there. Uh, so I definitely would, would, would love to kind of get your outlook on where things are there. There's things all, they're, they're all, that are all over the place. And I remember when we had this panel discussion out in Lake Oconee, um, and I'm hoping you don't forget your, my favorite punchline from your introduction today. If you do, I'll remind you of it. But would, if you don't mind, would you please start with just the introduction to yourself? Jeez. Um, well, I always start by saying I'm a Southern girl from, I'm a Georgia girl. Um, I come from an amazing family. Um, but my mission in life is to, to, you know, help support and be a part of the liberation of the Black experience here. Um, and, and, and hopefully by doing that, we, you know, all boats will rise. Um, so, you know, I'm definitely deeply committed to um, the larger spectrum of issues around marginalized communities, no matter who they are, where they're from, 
But just as a matter of proximity, um, I'm deeply connected to the Black experience and, and using whatever influence and role I have to help support um, years of, of um, oppression and wrongdoing and, and connect that to joy, freedom, liberation, um, and bring others along and learn myself. So that's, that's who I am. So. I uh I I have always appreciated that you about you. You're always intellectually curious, and I think that's what's at the foundation of really good conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a thing that's obvious that I'd love to try to have you explore a bit. You know, you're in a space now um, that you've been to. I mean, like you've been there. You've been you you've been on this uh, in the in the equity battle for a while now, and it's. Um, in raising levels of intensity, um, like, you know, just really hot with activity now. So, um, you know, just share a bit just what what that is like, you know, as, 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 um, as the equity conversation, and particularly in Atlanta and all that everyone expects of equity in Atlanta and whatever its perception is, um, in, in, in terms of influence and, you know, kind of major metropolitan uh, cities in the United States and all that's happening on that front. I, I just want to give you a chance to, you know, kind of share openly. Just say with everything. <laughs> yeah, because I think this will be good. Well, you know, Reggie, I am, um, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole, like, you know, you know, I've been, you know, this is a deep commitment from from early on. Um, But what I will say is that Atlanta, the South, Georgia, um, you know, we're experiencing a really interesting um, demographic shift. We're experiencing um, leadership shifts. um, And, you know, I'm I'm so encouraged by this next generation of leaders um, being, you know, we, when when you think about Fannie Lou Hamer talking about you know you know being sick and tired of being sick and tired, I think that this 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 new generation is 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 of that mind frame. But I think it's almost like, you know, they're like I just this is just something they don't want to deal with. They're just like, look, there's other things in the world we want to t- we want to tackle the earth. The last thing I want to tackle is you know racism (laughs) like you know what I mean I think they're just over it and um they're like we want a new fight we want to do something that we can touch and so I just think I'm encouraged by that energy I'm not saying that you know there isn't you know deep roots of of history and privilege and 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 some of what's happening in, in this younger generation but I'm definitely seeing a different um posture as it relates to the work they just are very they're much more tolerant and they just don't, that's not what they want to deal with. Um, so I think, you know, I'm definitely encouraged by that. Um, and I, you're seeing them become more and more activated in, in ways that I think when I was their age, there was activation, there was energy, um, but we hadn't, we didn't have access to the level of technology these young people have. So they just can move information so much faster than we could 20, 30 years ago. So I'm just really encouraged by that. Um, I guess the other thing is that, you know, and then with that, I think there's just more access to information and data. Um, And, you know, so now you can't hide from 
the glaring oppression. Like I think before we could we could really prop up exceptional people and say, see, they broke the color barrier. See, they've done all this great work. See, we have a black president. We've done it. But then, you know, and I'll lead into this Atlanta wealth building conversation, but the data was telling us, and let's just talk about Atlanta, you know, the black Mecca, you know, black folks are doing so great in comparison, maybe to other black people, but not in comparison to, you know, the, um, population. So we had, you know, the data told us that like for black businesses in Atlanta, the black Mecca, um, I think white businesses were earning close to $650,000, $700,000 to the value of black businesses that were around um, fifty-five to 60000 So this is like an 11x difference, right? This is huge. Um and we were, that's a, that's a weird um, data point in Atlanta, because what we saw was um, we have businesses, but we could be, we weren't, we weren't thriving the way we should. You had 96% of black owned businesses are solopreneurs. They had, didn't have staff. They didn't have, um, you know, they're not, and then when they do, they're not necessarily able to pay living wages. So, you know, while we have these businesses that are the heartbeats of our community, whether it's the cleaner, the dentist, the, the, the bakery, the framers, the construction companies, we were seeing that they just weren't thriving at the same rate. And so that just kind of balanced, um, I think, our, you know, this whole notion of like, I definitely think that there, we need allies that's helping to dismantle the systems that have created this inequity, but we need other folks to be working on building up the capacity for, as those barriers come down, we're ready to ram through it and and be strong and be ready for the level of partnerships, not just for the partnerships, but for the level. So we're not just going to say like, you know, you know, this is like, thank you, you know, local university or thank you local hospital for, you know, allowing black contractors or black businesses like we're like thank you and we're ready to take top contracts we're ready to to be you know not just subs but primaries you know what I mean we're not just we love we love the notion of coming in and and doing you know exceptional food services and 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 bringing our our culture of 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 food and 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 thanksgiving to the to these partnerships but we also have a, a a frame around technology and we also have a frame around other things that we can bring to the table. I mean, that's a bit much, but I just think this is, well, you know, kind of a part of this conversation that we're trying to have. It is, it is. And of course, that is, you know, quite the setup for the, you know, exceptional and noble work that um, you and your, um, your your gang of heavy hitters that you pulled together <laughs> Uh, for Atlanta Wealth Building Initiative. I'm, yeah. I personally am so <clears throat> encouraged and inspired by the movement building that you kind of taken on. And, you know, not every day does someone see, you know, an 11X kind of, pro- you know, a, a size problem in a city and say, you know what, I want to fix that. Uh, so, you know, kind of the calling and the purpose of the work that you've done through the stringing of, and we didn't even talk about your background, but from the Community Foundation 
to the work that you were doing with Tadita and the work that you're doing now. You know, kind of that that that's a, a, an amazing setup for that for for that work. So I would love, you know, I think I think it will be great, and I know it'll be hard because you know you're talking to someone who already knows so much about what you all are doing at AWBI, but pretend I don't <laughs> for a moment. Um, and you know, b- because I would love to have this conversation spark additional awareness right. um, of the work that you all are doing. Um, so a few things. The Atlanta Wealth Building Initiative was um, was developed out of a series of conversations with you know organizers, activists, practitioners, um, government folks who really had, a, 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 you know, they had a list of things they wanted to accomplish. Um, and we've created a report. I would highly encourage folks to, to, to um, look at this report. It's Advancing Collective Prosperity Through Entrepreneurship in Atlanta. We did that in, a, in um, partnership with the organization called Prosperity Now. Um, and then the two lead folks have, have gone off and, and, and started an amazing organization. Um, um, I think it's called Liberation in a Generation. Um, Jeremy um, Green and Solana Rice, they're amazing. And so we all came together um, and um, Dominique Derby also was a part of that. And we, you know, th- these they led us in a conversation around like, well, where, where do you wanna go with this conversation in Atlanta? And it was beyond acknowledging, but beyond kind of the the tactical conversations around like, you know, let's do more financial literacy. Let's do more, you know, startups. It was kind of like, well, what is the actual conversation we're trying to have? And they laid out a few things. And one of them was um, kind of a, 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 a support organization that kind of housed and supported and, and, and was a resource to this work. And so AWBI, you know, um, is still a work in progress, but it, it's, it is an organization dedicated to reimagining economic realities for our communities through a very specific lens around community wealth building. And, you know, our approaches really are centered on um, interconnected approaches around not just the deployment of capital, which we actually think that is important to do. We, there's no doubt that we are trying to activate uh, untapped and um, misdirected capital. That is definitely true. And, and bring in more resources um, in different types, not just debt capital, some equity grants. I mean, we're really trying to figure out well, what, you know, all of it, we need all of it. Um, the other thing is, is that we need to be lead, we need, we need an organization that's pushing the conversation around um, how we're thinking about black economy, black entrepreneurship. We need some folks that's dedicated to that. And a lot of our practitioners are doing the work. So the privilege of, you know, sit, you know, being learned, like you know, is is something that they do. But unfortunately, they're busy doing the work because the problem's so big. Um, so we hope to kind of be a, a, a support around thought leadership and, and learn from what's happening on the ground and sharing that across the, the, the conversation. And then lastly, is around movement building. Um, and that's the piece I think is, is going to take the most time because I think it's the, it's, to be honest, it's the hardest piece. It's hard for folks who have historically devalued 
um, our, our communities and our spaces to um, hear us and or, you know, hear the folks that are building economic conditions for, for Black and brown people. Um, and so that's going to take, not from the people who are doing the work, they're going to move it. Like they, they're moving the work and their voices are already heard. And you see that on the South side, you see that on the West side. Um, but the problem is with a movement, you kind of got to get the folks that aren't thinking about it to be thinking about it. And that's where we hope to be supportive is to build a movement, um, and give, and give some, and, and give and partner, connect, um, what's already happening to what needs to be done. That's so outstanding. And um, I, I would love to know more about what kind of reception you're getting. And let's talk about two different populations. So one population would be, you know, kind of the power infrastructure, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, social change in Atlanta and priorities philanthropies, other nonprofits. Um, how is Atlanta Wealth Building Initiative been received, uh, just the presence of it? And then <clears throat> against the pop, a, 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 amongst the population that you're serving. So, you know, um, Black entrepreneurs, all this, you know, kind of the solopreneurs that you mentioned uh, that you want to be able to lift up and create, you know, space for their businesses to continue to grow and thrive. How has it been received with those two populations? Maybe compare and contrast them. Well, a couple of things. Um, I still work for the Candida Fund. Let me just be clear. <laughs> um, so I can definitely root this in kind of how we're thinking about it, what I'm leading at the foundation. So I want to kind of say, let me respond to it in a few ways. One, you know, I, we've hired leadership. We've hired um, someone to think about this every single day. Um and Latresa McLaughlin Ryan is is the is helping is helping to put action to the vision um, in a real way that we could not be more excited about. Um, Jan- you know, Jan- Dr. Janelle Williams and I, who's now senior advisor at the Federal Reserve, in response to the communities, um, our hope was to help support the founding of something that was in you know. Um, and, and what we heard from communities and, and, and that community of practitioners and leaders. And so that's what we did. We, you know, we also supported those groups on the ground, but we also galvanized resources to launch this new entity. So I want to be clear that, you know, um, I have to think about a lot of things every day. Um, AWBI is definitely core to what I think about every day, but it's not the only thing. And we have someone that's dedicated to that, that could probably answer some of these questions better than I. But um, I think that it's, it's a growing, it's a new thing. You know, I don't think we, we're not in the business of institution building. Like, you know, I don't think the goal is to have 50 staff and, you know, $20 million budget per se. I think the goal is to do what we talked about. And how that lives and breathes is an ongoing conversation, to be honest, for the board. Um, and, you know, but I think it's being well received. It was, um, we saw the, the opportunity last year during COVID, um, particularly at the height in the spring and summer to get, I mean, we put out almost a million dollars in Atlanta alone. Um, so quickly, 
in in dollars. And I think that just kind of speaks to, you know, um, the need for something, a vehicle to get those dollars out in a real way um, to black businesses. Um, And I think so. I think it's been received in terms of function um, really well. I think there's with anything that's new, it's going to take time for folks to for it to get in their DNA um, and for it to become part of, of, of how we talk about the work. Um, and that'll happen. That'll happen. You know, entrepreneurs by nature, I come from entrepreneurs. This is going back to your, the thing that I said at the thing. And I was saying, I, I, what did I call myself? Like a black, sh- I don't know what I call myself, but um, oh, I, I remembered you want to be reminded. Yes. Yes. First, what did I say? You're a first generation do-gooder. Oh, I'm a first generation do-gooder because, you know, I come from a family of folks that's all, you know, that are, you know, bottom line, like make money, help, help people along the way. But trust and believe they are, they bought that money. Um, And that's a good, that's actually, but the, but the reality of entrepreneurs is that they are, they think different, they move different. They are protective of how they move and how they, how they get involved in things. And they're not, they're not necessarily say like a like um like community activists, you know, galvanizing people and talking about. They're not built that way. They built to to build their their business, pivot when need to. They're quick thinkers. They're like you know they partner when they have to. They get out of it when they need to. They think different, and so that's just a community that I think that and they've been burned. They've also been burned several times through you know banks through, um, you know, sometimes through their customer base. Um, you know, I think these are things that we've got to kind of um, massage a bit more. And for folks that have resources, we got we to gotta get a little aggressive. And that's just going to take time for us to build that, that um, spirit. That's going to take time. Yeah, but I think it's been well received so far. I, you know, I, w- I would agree. Clearly, I um, have, have a sense for it, which is why I teed up the conversation. But I really want to elevate that conversation to um, another one, just as we, you know, kind of bring our conversation to a close, I would love to hear your perspective on um, really the total landscape of practitioners in the equity space. And, you know, you know, this is my issue, right? Just in terms of um, connectedness, there are a number of organizations that are trying to move the dial on equity um, and, and, you know, just recently you were recognized as one of the uh, Atlanta's top 100 most influential uh, folks in the, um, uh, in, in, in what was the specific, like, top most powerful, 100 most powerful people in Atlanta? That's what it is in my book. That's what we're going to go with. That's the list that you were recently on, but it was in Atlanta Magazine. Is, is that correct? That just you have It wasn't Atlanta Magazine. I, I, you know, I definitely think it was more than, it might have been like 500 people, Reggie. I don't think it was 100. I think it was a lot oh, of people. Congratulations. congratulations at about time. They needed to recognize. Uh, but anyway, in that space with so, you know, there's so much that's happening. I mean, it's, and, and appropriately, right? It's a big problem. And right. it's so multifaceted. And there's no one kind of big project with, you know, uh, tasks and resources to be able to solve it. So just in terms of the collaboration um, and just the awareness of what other people are doing and kind of what's been your observation of what the landscape of, you know, kind of equity 
practitioners is you know currently i think you have a moment where folks are are recognizing that they, they need to to do to do things differently um I think you've had leaders in this city and across the country that have been talking about the shift in 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 outcomes for people that 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 are looking at at at, at, at doing it in a fair and just way for decades. It's an outgrowth of you know all the things that we've done to get free in this country, um, you know from you know you know, leaving the plantation, reconstruction, you know, civil rights, you know, this equity piece is, is a part of that continuum to me. And, yeah. you know, and throughout all of that, there were a lot of people who weren't on board <laughs> until they had to be on board. Um, and I think that's the same that's happening now. Um, I'm encouraged by the new awareness. I think that, I think, you know, you know, the question last year was, is this a moment or is this a movement? I don't know. Um, you know, um, but I will say this. I do, I do think we need to get to the, to, the, to the brass tacks of what is equity. And equity in the broader sense is, um, is when there's evidence of fair and just practices, right? Like, period. Like, there's evidence of it. What we're talking about is racial equity, right? And I want to be clear that there's various types of equities, right? Health equity, gender equity, you know, whatever. There's a lot of equities, right? There's a lot of different ways fair and just practices can be evident in a marginalized group. When we're talking about race, what we're saying is, you know, we are saying that in communities where if not for race, there would be a different set of outcomes. That is what we're trying to address here. And that that conversation in a lot of ways is has never been had in this country in a, in a real way. Um, so I just think that there's, until we can get down to saying like, we recognize that we have to create bold and transformational um, outcomes for the results that we want then, you know, everything else is window dressing in a lot of ways. Um, so, you know, what I think is that we've got to kind of start, we can't, we can't tinker on the margins anymore when it comes to this conversation. We've got to be, we've got to be a little bit more daring um, for philanthropy. We can't fund a little bit and asking for a lot of it. Um, we've got to see new leaders um, that not just look like, the folks that are marginalized, because we've seen that before. Um, we need folks to have an analysis and solutions. And it would be great if they look like the people that were marginalized, because it would indicate that there's some proximity, there's some trust, um, and there's some relatability to how we get to those solutions. But if not, we need to make sure that the folks who are talking the talk around equity, um, have the tools to dismantle whatever internal systems and biases that they're dealing with, and then hold them accountable of when that is or is not showing up in how they do their work. And that, you know, we, we've got to get better at speaking up and in a way where um, 
is it's more proactive. And that's something we also have to learn collectively. Um, we've seen what happens when we continue to be passer, passive or, you know, we haven't figured out accountability measures. I mean, you kind of get the same results. Well, I am, uh, that is a very healthy challenge that I'm going to leave this conversation at. As, a, as I mentioned, this could easily go on for hours and sometimes it does <laughs> with our cocktails on the porch. Yeah, so, but I, I appreciate you bringing that energy to this conversation and leaving with us a challenge for action um, and, you know, engaging with partners. And I also thank you for joining the Finding Your Forte podcast channel. You can, uh, for listeners out there, you can enjoy listening to us on uptomeradio.com and go to the Finding Your Forte channel show. And then you can pay, you can, on that page, you can subscribe for updates and free gifts and sponsor promotions and, and more. So definitely stay connected with us on all of the social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, and at Up To Me Radio. Um, and then, of course, all, this episode and all the podcasts can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts, just search for Up To Me Radio. Two is the number. Thank you so much today for joining us today. Listeners, thank you. Thank you for joining another episode. And of course, as always, we encourage you to find your forte, Mm. your masterpiece and play your crescendo. Have an amazing day, everyone.
Dream!